This is uh, Dialogue, a podcast from an American Mosaic. I think a lot of people are uh, figuring out what they're going to do for their next act. As uh, 2021 was ending, I saw an awful lot of uh, posts. Uh, people who were uh, going to uh, what they called uh, maybe a next chapter, uh, people were leaving positions, uh, a lot of it in uh, the tech world and some of it uh, locally in my area from uh, Amazon. Uh, these are people uh, that maybe had worked for uh, seven years, eight years, uh, maybe as long as ten years. Previously, maybe had been at Microsoft, a uh, couple were at Starbucks. But each one was not going to another position. They weren't announcing starting something. They were announcing ending something. And it was a suggestion that uh, they were thinking about whatever their next chapter might be. Since these people weren't uh, a normal, what you would call retirement age, and I don't think there is such a thing as retirement anymore, but uh, these were not people who were in their uh, 50s or 60s. Uh, these were people who were in their 30s and uh, maybe 40s. So it's a different demographic that is uh, moving on to a next chapter. It, uh, it got me thinking about uh, things we do, and we don't retire anymore, and we find new things to do. I had an excellent conversation uh, in this last year with someone who uh, chose uh, writing. And it was an interesting story uh, about uh, how they uh, came about to uh, discover writing and uh, ended up uh, writing a novel. And uh, even since the conversation that I had uh, in this last year, uh, it's become a very successful novel. And uh, this uh, person is now uh, going around and uh, speaking uh, as an author of uh, a novel. And uh, he's even got a, uh, a film uh, contract on his book, on his story. This whole subject seems in keeping with uh, what seems to be trending today. Uh, with uh, starting new things, uh, finding new things to do, uh, going back to basics, uh, quitting jobs, um, quitting uh, actually professions and, and moving into uh, something else. And uh, I think there's uh, a lot of emphasis on uh, doing creative things uh, these days. And I think a lot of people, if they have a choice, uh, want to do something creative. So I thought this would be a, a good time to uh, sort of uh, recast uh, this uh, podcast. I think it's uh, a good story, and I think, uh, to me, it was inspiring. And uh, it's uh, just uh, things we do and things we do going forward. I want to take a moment and uh, thank you for uh, listening and uh, ask you if you'd uh, hit the subscribe button on uh, whatever platform uh, you're listening and there's no obligation, there's no advertising or commercials. Uh, it's just that you'll get notifications uh, whenever there's a, a new podcast up, and I'd sure appreciate it. I also wanted to just uh, mention uh, that there's quite a library of uh, episodes, uh, over 100 uh, episodes, and uh, these are all uh, conversations that I've had uh, going around the country, uh, talking to people that meet all walks of life. And it was a project I started in 2017. And a lot of the conversations, a lot of the things that people are saying are still very relevant today uh, because we were not 
necessarily always talking about uh, a subject uh, that is dated. So it's a good way to uh, get an understanding of uh, who we are, and I think that's very important. I also think uh, that having conversations, creating a dialogue, and most importantly, uh, listening is probably one of the big things that we really need to start doing today. Thanks again for listening, and uh, here's uh, the podcast episode, uh, Writing Your Next Chapter. We don't retire uh, in today's world. I think that uh, we just find uh, new and different things to do. And that's why uh, I wanted to have uh, a conversation uh, with Dave Mason. And I've known Dave for a very long time. And uh, we, uh, at one point in time, worked on some projects together, very successful projects. And uh, I just became aware that uh, he has uh, published a novel, read the novel, and it's a great book. So I asked Dave to talk to me about his book. And uh, I was really interested in uh, why he he wrote a book and uh, what inspired him uh, to do that. And that's kind of an interesting story, I think. And uh, that's really what what prompted me to contact him uh, when I learned a little bit uh, about uh, something that uh, was almost like uh, therapy, almost writing as as therapy. And I think uh, particularly in uh, this last year uh, with COVID and everything else that's going on, uh, we all need a little therapy someplace in our life. So let's get to my Zoom conversation with Dave. I don't know if that was an epiphany or it was something that you had from a, a speaker. Yeah. My sense was uh, there was kind of a, or an awakening or, or something, but it's something that you realized that you needed to do. And, and I, I really... Uh, want you to talk about that a little bit. What do we do when we've done one thing and we've moved to another part of our life? You have had a a very, very successful career, ran a very successful business, and you're now kind of moving to another place. I I guess let's get to uh, this uh, this thing that, uh, uh, this idea that came to you. And um, you obviously, were receptive to it. So you must have been thinking about, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe you were just stuck with COVID, stuck in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, it predates COVID, right? Yeah, right. So, so you know, the backstory on that, this is, you know, we've run this conference for years and, uh, you know, it's, we call it a conference about the design of everything. So you can invite anybody you want because it's you know the way the way we look at the world it's like everything's designed. Exactly. You know everything that isn't naturally occurring is designed, and that includes the tax code and everything else, right? But people don't think of the world that way. Um, so one of these speakers was a woman by the name of Tara Nicole Nelson, and she's been involved in the tech world, and she's very smart. But the thing I latched onto on her on her in her talk was she got talking about the power of writing as a, like almost like a therapeutic tool. And, uh, and this was in the middle, I don't want to get too political, but it was in the middle of the Trump administration. And I would find myself on the train in Chicago in the morning, get on the train and got my phone, you know, and I'm reading the phone for 40 minutes on the train. And by the time I get to work, I'm so fucking pissed off. I can hardly stand it. So I get to I get a coffee and I try to settle down for 40 minutes. Then I do some work. Then I would go to the gym, get back on the train, read the phone for 40 minutes on the way home, get pissed off again, 
get home, <laughs> have a couple glasses of wine, and finally settle. And this was a you know a pattern I found myself falling into. You and a lot of people. Yes, and and I and when she gave her talk, you know, I didn't like as the host of the conference. I didn't see the talk because I'm backstage. It was when we were editing the video that I actually looked at her talk and I'm like, well, shit. So you can't suck and blow at the same time. So if you want to stop inputting, you know, start outputting. That's what she's saying. So I'm like, on the train home, I'm like, well, I'm going to shut my phone off, open up my laptop, shut the Wi-Fi off. I'm just going to write something. I don't know what, because she said, just write, like, as if no one's going to read it. Like, just, it's for you. It's, it's so that you are, it's going this way. Nothing's going this way. So I'm like, oh, I'll give it a whirl. It made sense. And uh, at first I scratched out, you know, just some random stuff, but that's not how my brain is wired. It's not, it's not wired random, you know? So I started thinking, you know, I guess I think like a designer, you know, what could I put together that I could write about that would be, you know, fun to write about and maybe interesting and maybe entertaining and, you know, and therapeutic at the same time. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been interested in like, you know, archaeology and, you know, stuff that's buried in the ground and, you know, things that get found out later and people's lives or, you know, like hidden lives that people have and stuff like that. It's always been fascinating to me. And uh, so I started thinking about that and I, I, you know, gathered some, you know, memories of articles I'd read or whatever. I don't even know really where the plot came from. I can't put my finger on where the plot came from. It just kind of emerged as I started to write. And I just scratched this thing together in a random sequence, you know, it was just like, and I really got into it. It's like, it's like the, it's like the designer control freak, you know, when you get to create a whole human being and then, you know, maybe kill them. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like well, I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And I had, you know, you, you know, it's like it's like the ultimate video game. I was driving these people around in my head and having them do stuff, right? Okay. So anyway, I wrote this this thing out and you know ended up probably getting to about forty thousand words or so. And I'm like, I hadn't told anybody I was doing this. Nobody, not not my wife, nobody, right? So we were out for. I think Valentine's day dinner, or maybe our anniversary. And I'm like, honey, I got to tell you something. And she's like, what, you got another wife and kids in California? <laughs> and I go, no, I wrote a novel. I think I wrote a novel. And of course, she was like, what? okay, you do have another wife and kid. What's going on? Who, who are you? So anyway, she ended up reading the thing. She, she always, she pumps my tires for me, you know? So she's like, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Okay. And I'm like, well, you're going to tell me that, you know, she said, send it to somebody who's going to tell you whether it sucks or not. So I'm like, ah, my siblings. So sent it to my sister and my two brothers and my mother. And, you know, they're the first people that would have said, you know, this is just like terrible. Don't even like, and, and they all gave me the thumbs up and said, holy shit, this is, this is something. So at that point, it kind of took on a life. I decided I would try to do something. I've, I felt compelled to do something with it. And so I spent some time, you know, working some other things out. What do, I mean, you and I, we've been in the print business for years, but what do I know about the publishing world? Nothing. 
right? Like virtually nothing. So I'm like, how does that work? You know? And so you get on Google and you're like talking to people that, you know, and, um, it was a real kind of interesting learning thing, which, which also a lot of people have, uh, that I know in the past, uh, have stumbled because, you know, you've got a book, you've got an idea or something. And, and I imagine, uh, I'm interested in, and hearing what you discovered because publishing is probably very different now than it was several years ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. So I, you know, I, I looked into, you know, well, what do you do with the book? You get, you, if it's any good, you try to get it published. Right. So I'm like, well, first of all, you know, hearing from your siblings or your couple of friends that something's good, you know, it's, yeah, you take that for what it is. So I'm like, I'm going to send this to a few publishers and see what, happens right mm -hmm. so i sent off a couple of inquiries and you know i didn't expect everybody told me this takes months you know years but i got an almost instant response from a publisher who said you know what we'd like to see the whole manuscript i sent the manuscript it wasn't maybe a few well, maybe a month later they're like we think there's something here and i'm like you got to be shitting me like you know i was a bit surprised okay um and I had really good conversations with them, but they're, they're, you know, that, that world is very uh, time intensive. So, you know, this is a small publishing company. They're like, we can only do like five books a year, seven books a year, whatever it was, you know, we'd love to do this, you know, but it would probably be two, three years out, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 60 years old, two or three years out. Shit. I don't know if I'm even going to be around, you know? So then I'm like, well, you know, what about this self-publishing that we all hear about, right? So I call, I actually contacted a friend I know in Vancouver who had self-published a book, uh, like a business book, you know, a design book. And he'd also, I think, had a book published by a publisher. So I picked his brain a little bit and, you know, he said, you know, self-publishing is not, you know, it used to be like, well, if you can't get your book published, you self-publish it. And he goes, it's not really like that anymore. You know, it's like, this is, this is a vehicle uh, that's become much more, you know, mainstream. The guy I talked to said, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie, that book was self-published, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't think I wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll look into this. Right. So I ended up doing a lot more um, research into that. And then, it, you know, it just kind of, like again, it's probably the control freak Everybody said to me, if you, if you go with the publisher, you lose control. You know, the cover is theirs. The editing is theirs. You know, the marketing, you know, if you do it yourself, you, you do it yourself. Right. Well, John, you, you know me. You right. Know. <laughs> so, you know, part of it is like, okay. And, and the other thing about it is, you know, when I met with publishers, more than one, you know, the first question they ask is like, you know, how are you going to market the book? Now, in my naive head, I'm like, isn't that your job? <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, my sister put me onto a friend of hers who uh, works with a large publishing house, and we had a good conversation. And he said, you know, you know, if you're an internationally famous chef, okay, you know, TV chef, and you write a shitty novel, he goes, we're going to publish that novel because you're an internationally famous chef. And I go, I'm not even famous in my own house. So like, you know, right. do you know what I mean? So 
there's, you know, anything the marketing wise, you know, they still look to the internationally famous chef because that's what sells the book. Right. Right. And I'm like, you know, they're like, you know, you, they all going to ask you, what do you, what are you going to do to market the book? So, you know, make a long story short, if I'm going to market it and write it and edit it, you know, and there's these vehicles exist to self publish like, what have I got? It's not my day job. You know what I mean? It's just like, it was this crazy thing that like started out as therapy and it really was therapy. I got to tell you. It yeah. Was, I want to get back to that a little bit. Too. It was incredibly positive. Uh, but it, you know, I felt compelled to take it somewhere. And so I went with the self-publishing route and again, you know, it's been a wild learning curve and it's like that world is fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm interested uh, going back. I was, uh, the therapy part again. And I guess that's that uh, thing about um, the word, the power of that and uh, expressing yourself and um, kind of taking all of this other stuff and um, putting it someplace and putting it out and putting yep. it out. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. How that, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I bet it's kind of personal, but I'm really interested. No, that's okay. I mean, psychologically, you know, I did this thing and at first it was like, yeah, that's, you know, I haven't written for fun since about third grade. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, I, write, I write for clients all the time. Right. Right. You know, and I'm lucky because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty good corporate writer. You know, I, I can, I can do that. So writing for myself, was quite different and it was amazing how quickly I realized I really liked it it was not in any way work it was something I couldn't wait to get on the friggin' train and and get back to this it was like a little bit of like a drug and in a positive way it my my entire demeanor improved you know and there's something, there's something to be said for, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's writing or maybe you like to, you know, you grow roses or whatever, whatever it is that you do. That's like, that's part of you. If you can find that and like, and bring it back to life, you know, what's that saying that, you know, the creative adult is a child who survived, right? Yeah. Good. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, we, we've got our day-to-day -day pressures and all that. This was just creativity just for the shits and giggles of it. This was just like, it was like being in third grade and, and coloring for fun. Probably uh, um, a time that we've been in, uh, I mean, it's almost, uh, I mean, I don't care, uh, you know, it's, it's not so much political. You could be uh, on the left or be on the right, but uh, certainly in the last four or five years, uh, the state of the the world, the state of everything has been, um, you know, everybody's, you know, what you were just saying, reading the latest tweet, the latest yeah. this, whatever. Uh, I mean, we were, it's like we were in the middle of a reality TV show that we didn't want to really watch. And, and we were sort of forced to watch it. And um, I think it was very, very uh, distracting. It was hard to, you know, put blinders on and, uh, yeah, and, then, and then it affects your state of mind, exactly, which, you know, which permeates, you know, your entire life. Right. And so not just your, you know, you're trying to get work done or, you know, you've got to compartmentalize that. Right. 
And, you know, this, this was a, it, it took some of that out. I, I'm not going to tell you, I didn't ever look at that stuff, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. um, but I looked at it a lot less. And probably differently. Yeah. And I, but I, but I also had this other thing that I'd found that I, that was starting to occupy part of my psyche. Right. right. And so in a good way. And so, you know, it's like, you know, you, you've been a designer, you've been a very successful designer, but you know what it's like when you get that client and you're excited to work with that client right. and it's, it's, but it's still creativity on demand. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, John, let's, you know, this was not creativity on demand. This was creativity because it just happened. Right. And that was a whole different psychological, I don't even know how to describe it, but it, it was, you know, it's kind of addictive and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at it again. You know, like it's, I got another one that I'm, I don't know if it's any good. You can tell me if it sucks or not, but uh, you know, at this point it doesn't really matter if it sucks because it just feels good to do it. It feels good to create it. Right. I think um, we were talking about the political thing, but we're also in the COVID thing. Uh, you know, we've been a year into that and I know that's taking a toll on a lot of people. And what you were just saying kind of applies to uh, this COVID thing. I mean, um, we're, we've been, it varies from person to person, circumstance to circumstance, place to place. But, uh, uh, you know, and I mean, I've got friends in other countries uh, uh, that are still in like total lockdown, like in Italy. Uh, and it's just crazy making, uh, and it's crazy making for here and anything. Um, but it's doing a lot of psychological damage. And I think this idea of going back to, you know, finding something, the book, what you're doing. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, you know, your book, we can read it. And we're very receptive now to reading and see, watching things and doing things that we really didn't have time before. And uh, I, I think there's something to be said for that. And I think so, somewhere early on in the lockdown last March, April, when we were first, like everyone was scared shitless of this thing. And like, you know, yeah. and I yeah. uh, saw somebody again, I was probably on Twitter, you know, but somebody said, you know, if you're one of those people that says uh, getting a, you know, an education in the liberal arts or being an artist or a writer or a musician is a stupid thing to do. Go through this whole lockdown without watching Netflix. Right. Right. Like this stuff matters. Like it, it matters, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's a psychological um, blanket. You know, like when you read a book, if you read a, if you read a book that you're into, okay. And it's fiction, you know, it takes you somewhere. Right. Exactly. You know, I, I have a good friend um, who is, was a theater director, you know, live theater. And he said, you know, you know, live, you know, theater doesn't happen on the stage. It happens in the audience's mind. Right. And, that, and that's where a book happens, right? It, it's, in, it's in the book. Right. But the book's just a delivery vehicle. And when you read the book, you're imagining the world that, that you're imagining. It may not be exactly how I imagined it or someone else might imagine, but you made it. And there's, there's a power in that that allows you to, just for a minute, maybe half an hour, not be in your world. And I think when you're in shitty circumstances... You know, and we can talk about, you know, is this, how shitty are the circumstances? Because it's all relative, right? 
But when things are tough, you know, we look for those kinds of escapes and, you know, yeah, I love to read. I didn't realize I would love to write as much as I like to read. Do you know what I mean? So it was pretty interesting. I, I, I like the idea that, that you chose uh, fiction. Um, you know, a lot of people have a book, uh, especially creative people, uh, advertising people, design people, uh, whatever. Um, and they're writing about their craft or what they've done. or And then a lot of it is um, kind of going back to the past uh, because they're, they're digging into the past and, Putting that out, like, uh, okay, these were the adventures I went through, or this is what I did, or, or somebody's going to do a how-to, or, or, or whatever. And um, I like the idea that uh, you did the fiction, uh, and it was a good read, by the Thanks. way. Thanks, appreciate that. Yeah, I enjoyed appreciate it. it. I enjoyed it, and uh, I love the way you set it up. Uh, and I love the kind of going back and forth. Uh, that that is that appeals to me a lot because you had me going on something, and then you then you moved me over here, and then you brought me back, and then you yeah. tied that back in, and you did a really good job of Thank you. Uh, weaving Thank you. Uh, all together. And I particularly like the in the end you ended that very well too. Thank you, I appreciate that. And and the why why did I do fiction? Yeah. You know, some, a lot of people ask me that. And I really, I, you know, when I sat down to write, I never for a second thought I should write about my exploits as a, you know, business person who gives a crap. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I even can, can, can you know, yeah, I don't even want to get in there. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that wouldn't have been, a, I, that wouldn't have been the same therapy. No. You know, this, you know, I learned a lot of words too when I, when I, when I did the book, because, you know, I hired an editor, right? So I learned words like head hopping and world building. And like, you know, when your editor goes, hey, you're head hopping here. And you're like, what the? I had to go, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> She's like, oh, you don't know what that means? Well, to, you know, so, you know, being Im- immersed in something that's all new, you know, fiction, when you write it, it's all new. So it's like, it didn't exist before you put it down. Right. Although, you know, I'm pulling from things that obviously I, I had inklings of, or, you know, you know, that book, the book itself has a lot of research in it because for a historical fiction work to work, it has to be, you know, the fiction and the history, the fact, or as facts as we know it have to be like this, yeah. And you have to be unclear where one ends and the other one starts. So, you know, getting as much fact right allows you to kind of intersperse your fiction. And that's how it works. So, again, it's to my personality research. But that's perfect for you because that goes to what you always were doing. Anytime you have a project, you're doing research, you're, you know, it's it just because you have to background it before you can go forward with a solution. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. And the parallels, the parallels to, you know, what we've done, you know, were uh, looking back, they're obvious to me. Right. And also, you know, we've talked about this before through our careers, you know, we've got, we got to meet a ton of cool people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super interesting people doing stuff. We have no, we have nothing to do with, right. Like until you meet them and then you learn and then you're just like blown away. So you know, through writing this book, you know, I got to speak with two gentlemen who'd flown combat missions in those aircraft in the Second World War. And I was like, 
this is blowing my mind to be able to do this, to be able to talk to these guys, for them to convey, you know, little details and memories and, you know, what they had for, for dinner before they went out on these missions, like little, you know, it's, it's, it's really a parallel to my professional career. What I love about my professional career is that kind of knowledge gain and, uh, you know, sticking my nose into other people's business, I guess. Right. Well, that must've been a lot of fun to, uh, to take that and then put your spin on it. Uh, it was. And, you know, at the same time, as I said before, you know, I, I wrote these, the, the bits and pieces that had to do with the things that these guys had done. And then I sent those bits and pieces to those guys. And I said, does this sound like bullshit or does this sound like it could have happened? And, um, the one gentleman, like, I won't give plot points away, but I needed an aircraft that you could, that would normally fit two people that had enough room to maybe go beyond that. So, which is why I settled on this one type of aircraft. And then this, this, these pilots helped me uh, understand. So I, I sent this piece to the guy and I said, you know, is that plausible? And, you know, he immediately said, well, you know, if you've been at the pub at another air airfield and a couple of guys are drunk and they need to get home, yes, it's possible to put more than, you know, the, the recommended amount of people. Like, he's done it, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, just it was just fascinating to be around these guys. It was just uh, and a, truly an honor to, to be talking to these guys. It was fantastic. Hey, let's just uh, take a minute and uh, the title of the book, and uh, then also where did that where did where did the name come from? Well, the well the title of the book is E O N, and you know you can read it as the word eon, but it's actually you know every every uh, British or Royal Canadian Air Force aircraft in the Second World War had a set of co codes on the side, and E O was the squadron code for 404 squadron RCAF and N would be the airplane's individual code number or code letter, I should say. So E O N the hyphen in between is a code off a 404 squadron Royal Canadian air force fighter plane. Great. I love it. And I also love that I had not a clue as to what that was until I'm in the book. Well, it, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a plot review, well, I, right? Like, I, I, no, I understood that. Yeah. I, I get that. But then I'm in the book and I'm finally going, oh, that's what it is. But right. that was fine. Yeah, it was. Well, that was, a, that was a little bit of an intentional. I know. I got it. You know, I got it. Because <laughs> the whole, you know, the way, the way the story is told, you know, it's about the, the discovery of some fragments, right? And then it's told through it's it's a fragmented narrative like i told a little bit about this and then we jump in time to another fragment so at first the fragments are like confusing but if you if you if you persist the fragments all start to knit together in your head it's like discovering fragments in the ground or in ice as, as they did and finally being able to put them together and go this is this is telling me a story now you know, those, those pieces in, in the ice, they tell a story. And I wanted, I wanted the book to, to sort of mimic that discovery process. At what point did you uh, sort of 
map that kind of plan out that you just described? How far were you starting to write this before you kind of I said, I just, hey. instinct. I just gut instinct knew that from the get go. Because okay. I, I think I, I had, I had the, you know, the basic, you know, beginning, middle and end. Um, and then, you know, the, the parts that knit it all together just kind of built themselves once I started to, to write them out. And, you know, I did, I wrote it in chunks and I, I moved some chunks around, you know, a few times because they, they could be moved around, right? It didn't really matter. It was non-sequential. So I could move them around. And then, you know, I read them a few times. I had other people read them. My editor read them. And then, you know, at a certain point you go, this is the right weird sequence. Like it just, it feels like it's, it's, it's weird, but it does what it does as you reach sort of the middle of the book around the middle of the book, you're probably going like, I'm starting to get this now, right? Like something's, something's, you know, the fragments are doing this by three quarters through, you're like, holy shit. And then hopefully at the end, I, there's a, there's a, a weird fragment that comes in and you go, man, okay, that's it. That completes it. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's interesting um, going back to, uh, you know, what we do in uh, the past and uh, going forward in, uh, you know, the fiction. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, the style of writing. Uh, you know, I think very much you're doing, uh, you know, what you're doing now is going forward. And, and I think that's something that uh, goes back to the beginning of the conversation. We were talking about what do we do? or what do people do when they get to a certain age or boomer or whatever. Um, and so many people kind of go back and they, they lean really into their past. Um, and, and with, uh, with, you know, with good reason, I, I mean, uh, you know, you've done something that, you know, was you know, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, at the moment, maybe it was even amazing. Um, but, um, you know, you, you, you can't just, you know, some people just kind of park there and then they go back and lean real heavy on it until, you know, if they lean too hard, it even falls over, you know, and takes them out. But, uh, <laughs> but I think the idea of just saying, uh, you know, I've done this and that's great, but I'm doing something going forward. And uh, so I kind of, you know, I applaud you for, for doing that. Oh, thanks. I, uh, you know, and, and, you know, not dissimilar. We had a prior conversation, right? You know, you're doing this thing now yeah which is which is not unlike what you've done before it's not it's not it's not diametrically opposed you're still you know to do the thing we did for all those years we had to have an inquiring mind right correct and so you know what are you doing now you're in you know you're striking up conversations and you're you're trying to find insights and you know you're sharing them through a different medium well it's the same which is what we've done for years in our other jobs like we all kind of you know you develop a sort of skill set worldview it's okay to lean on those a little bit but you got but you got to move somewhere with that i think you know like you know that's how i and I, i didn't really think about the writing thing in that context until after i'd accidentally written a freaking novel because I didn't know I was writing a novel at the time. I just thought I was doing this thing for therapy. Yeah. You know? Then it became a novel and now it's like out in the world and I'm like, oh, holy shit, you know, like, how did that happen? 
Yeah, speaking of out in the world, um, I'm gathering that it's having a great deal of success. Well, I guess the definition of great deal is, uh, you know, <laughs> up for debate, but it's having a lot more success than I ever, I, I guess I didn't know what to think. Okay. I, did, I didn't know what to think. All I know is like, it's, 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 there's people reading it every day because when you self-publish and you go on these magic platforms like Kindle, there's, there's like a little counter that clicks over and tells you how many pages are getting read, you know? And I'm like, shit, you know, I wake up in the morning, I get a coffee. I go, someone read, you know, X number of pages last night. <laughs> what the hell? You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's out there. And, uh, you know, when you do something like that, you know, it's kind of personal, you put yourself out there a little bit, right? Very much so. You know, and so, and I don't want to dwell too much on the past, but like in our past lives, you know, and, and I still am involved in that, that business to some extent, right? But like, you know, you, you got to be able to thrive on pain and rejection, right? Like, oh, if you can't, if you can't stand rejection, uh, right. the business that, that we were in, uh, you don't want yeah. to be. Right. So, you know, when you put something out there that's personal, you know, you want people to like it. I didn't know if they would or not. Like I just said, I thought I'm going to put this thing out there. You know, I'm, I'm hearing thumbs up from all the people I've sent it to. And, uh, you know, it's very gratifying to get the, the feedback just to know that people are enjoying it. It means something, right? Yeah. And the other thing, you know, with the book, I'd read an article about a kid in, I want to say Denmark, who was out poking around. His dad had a farm and he was running around the farm field one day and he found a little piece of metal sticking out of the ground. So he tried to pull a piece of metal and wouldn't move. Turned out it was a great big piece of metal. It was an entire airplane, a German fighter plane, with a dead guy in it, with all his clothes on, like he's disintegrated, but you know, his, his tags and all that. And like, so you ask, where did the plot points come from? I stuck that in my head. And I remember that going like, if you're a kid and you found that, it'd be like the craziest cool thing you ever did in your life. Right. And then I thought, well, what if something was in that plane that wasn't supposed to be there? And that's where sort of the essence of the plot started and I'm like, well, what could be in that plane? And I went from there. So anyway, that's, you know, you ask how the brain works and like, sometimes you don't know until after the fact, right? Right. Especially when you're our age. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to leave it. Right yeah, there. You got it. Okay. All right, man, this has been awesome. Well, I think I've been inspired to, to write something. Um, this isn't exactly meant to be a how-to or is not a pitch, but uh, the book itself is a great read, and uh, the title is uh, Eon, E-O-N. The author is Dave Mason, and it's available on Amazon in uh, print editions and uh, Kindle editions. Thanks for listening, and uh, please subscribe if you get a chance.